Dann. Welcome to another edition of the Essential Apple Show, a show where we cover the last 7 to 10 days in the world of Apple news, reviews, rumours, roundup and anything else really. Joining me this week is the lesser sighted these days, Mr. Carl Madden from the Mac and Forbes Show. How are you doing this morning, Carl? Because we're recording on a Sunday morning. I'm, I'm very well. Not often you get called at 6 or 7 lesser sighted or... No, I'll probably have to end up... Oh, let me do that bit again. Hang on. What? <laughs> Oh, uh, it's it. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to do a podcast. I've had a cup of tea. This is not going to go well. <laughs> seamless, boys. Seamless. So, what's been happening in your world then, Carl? Any new tech that you've purchased recently? Any new gadgets or gizmos that you've uh, that you've procured along the way since we've last heard from you? Oh, loads of gadgets. Unfortunately, none of them are mine because they're all Christmas presents. I took big advantage of the um, Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals over on Amazon, and. Well, I'm basically done now. I've got one, I think I've got one present left to get, which will probably be next weekend. And I can walk to that store, so I don't have to get involved in any of that Christmas crush nonsense. It's fantastic. Oh, you're one of those people who's yeah, been organised. Organised. Well, you, yeah, organised. Obviously, this is not a word in your in your dictionary, Mark. <laughs> we have a show doc we've started. We well, always start a little bit late. The show. There's a show doc. Well done, sir. Yeah, it well was- done. There's a show doc. I never said anything about the timings, to be fair. As you've probably heard in the background there, we have Simon joining us again. How, how is it going in your world, Simon? Uh, not too bad, Mark. My knee's still giving me grief, but other than that, everything's not too bad. I've got a little bit of sympathy for that. Well, I've got a lot of sympathy because obviously I know quite a bit about it, but uh, I've been doing a bit of winter cycling and my knees have been playing uh, up. But anyway, I don't think people want to hear about our ailments. It's been a funny old few weeks in the world of Apple. Um, where should we start this morning? The AirPods have allegedly been delayed. And that's put off some guys from the Wall Street Journal who are saying that, oh no, Apple has failed. They're doomed because there's apparently problems in manufacturing. Well, not allegedly been delayed. They are delayed. It's not nothing allegedly about it. They are delayed. No, they're, they're definitely delayed, aren't they? They were meant to come they out. They never said when they were coming out, though, did they? No, in yes, October. at the end of October. They said it on their marketing and everything. Uh, I thought they just said the full. Yeah, but that was the end of October. Before the end of October, they were slated to be launched. Um and they missed it. And then they said it might be by the end of the year. And now the end of the year is getting very, very close. And there's still no word. Uh, but this person, at this Wall Street Journal, uses one of the infamous people familiar with the familiar matter. With the matter. Which basically oh, means... Of course they do. Of course they do. Which basically means they've got no clue. But um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, God, I've forgotten who's the, the famous Apple tech blogger. It's completely got out of me. Gene Munster, Mark no, Gurman. He's an analyst. An no, no, not Gene Munster. Gurman. Um, um, Keep going. <laughs> um, oh, uh, John Gruber. Yeah, I think, Jim Dalrymple. Yeah, John, John Gruber. He has said, like, uh, people who's got in touch with him is, it's it's not that they can't get the, the earphone, the earpods to sync up with one another, which apparently was what the reason, which is weird because if that had been the case, all those people who have got pre- preview units would be reporting that loud, loudly, if that was actually the case. 
what they're saying is it's they're finding it very hard to uh, manufacture at scale, which, you know, I'm always amazed at how Apple does its manufacturing. It just sounds a complete nightmare. Like, we're a, we're a small, well, we're a big company, but just two weeks leading up to Christmas, our place is chaos just trying to get everything organised. So and we just do London, a little bit of London. So I can just imagine Apple on a global scale uh, just boggles the mind how they have to go for all the production stuff and logistics yeah. and all that. I completely agree with that, Carl. It amazes me. I mean, you don't just pick up the phone, do you, and go, hey, guys, I need an extra 10 million units. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't quite work like that, does it? Somebody somewhere has to put, you know, ramp up all the components and ship them and get them to Shenzhen and get them into Foxconn. And, you know what I mean? This, people say, oh, you know, they've failed, failed to get X product out on time. And I think it's a absolute miracle to me that you know they can bring a product to market in three months and have 20 million units out the door i mean it's just unbelievable so yeah i mean this this airpods thing seems to have dragged on it hasn't looked particularly good has it i mean they were you know they were announced they were going to ship then they weren't going to ship then they were delayed then uncle tim said you know, a few more weeks, you know, a few more weeks, chaps, it'll be all right. And now, allegedly, they're still not going to make it for the end of the year. That's it's not exactly great PR, you know, no matter how much we understand, um, you know, the complexities. Joe blogs on the street, just thinks, well, where the hell are these AirPods? But what's the alternative then? Do they ship something that has supposedly got a problem with it or is not ready for mass consumers? Oh, I mean, no. Oh, exactly not at all. I never understand I... why they never look at the other side of the argument when it comes to things like this. Because that's not clickbaity enough. No, well, it would well, be. That. It would be if they I, shipped I just, something that was broken. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you nailed it on the head there. Sure. I mean, uh, all right, Apple haven't always released a product that's been forced out the gates, but with something like AirPods, which seems to be quite, a, it seems to stray inside of their normal sort of designing manufacturing uh, process. If they were to ship them and there was like issues in the press, they're going to get absolutely crucified. It and I think personally they're doing the right thing that you just release a product when it's right, which is a, a very jobsian thing to do. I just, I just think they would have done themselves a favour by actually just coming out and saying, "Look, guys, we're really sorry. We're having problems ramping up production." We're not going to ship them until we can produce enough at the quality we want. And we're really sorry, but you're just going to have to hold your breath a little while. I mm. think that would have helped rather that than this have. kind of, they're, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. People keep waiting and then getting let down. Well, people just go, oh, sod it. I'll go off and buy some, I don't know, I'll go and buy something else. You know what I mean? Perhaps they're, perhaps they're in Santa's sack, obviously, and they can't let on. <laughs> Indeed. He's got them yeah. and he's coming on a certain night. You know, it's all secret. It's all mystery. You don't know. Indeed. And, and there is one other aspect to this, that if they miss this quarter to ship in, then isn't it just after the Christmas period or the festive period or the holiday period or whatever it's called that they normally sort of see a like a, a dive off in figures? Well, this would be a nice little way just to boost that back up, wouldn't it? Just after the uh, the, the holiday period. Well, as do, long as do no you one's... think? Do you think, Mark, that that would actually happen? Because, of course... The reason that the post-holiday quarter is notoriously thin is because everybody spent all their money leading up exactly. to you know, and now we're all looking at our credit card bills going, oh, really? Oh, dear, you know, and then someone comes out, yeah, would you like to buy these really very nice but quite expensive earpods? And people go, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, that's maybe true. After Easter, you know, <laughs> it's just. But then you would see the the slope of growth, then, wouldn't you? You'd see like a nice like um, take up on the, on the on, if you could imagine like a graph, you'd have like month one, month two, and you just see it slowly going up and up and up. I think you know retailers will tell you that they make you know most of their money in the lead up to Christmas, so or in America, you know, the holiday quarter. Um, so you know, really getting stuff out pre-holiday season is very important. You know, you make a big killing if you do that, especially with a hot new product. Has anyone heard any reviews or sample reviews about the same quality of these? Because my worry is, is that, yes, I'm I'm going to buy them, but I haven't, I, it hasn't come across my newsfeed at the moment uh, about the same quality, because I would be absolutely gutted. Just oh, the same God. Thing. Yeah, no. the... the um, John Gruber, I think, in particular, has said that the sound quality is basically the same as the wired earpods. So, uh, being as I can't get wired earpods to stay in my ears for more than about five seconds, I've no idea what they actually sound like. <laughs> they sound. I am um, strangely enough. One of the little things I did buy the other week was um, these like tiny little rubber socks that you put on the earpods themselves. Just slip them over, and you stick them in the ear, and and they stick a lot better because, obviously, I don't know that hard shell, that hard slippery shell, as you say, falls right out of my ears. Normally, though, it's because I've tugged on the cable or something silly. But no, these are staying nine, in. They now. just they just pop straight out. <laughs> mm. I have to I have to get those like little silicon cup button ones that actually push into your ear to get anything to stay in my ears. I've, the, it, you know, the original round button ones that people mm-hmm. used to somehow balance in their ears they were never any good for me and when they uh ear pods were you know announced i was hoping they might be better but no so I'm well, just, i think i'm, I'm thinking they this. will be because they're so light there's no, no additional pull uh, on, on from the cables or anything like that that's what i'm hoping anyway but i'm certainly on the they're on my list as soon as they come out to get some um to play with and if they're no good then i'll be sending them back so well, but, yeah. but yeah, you yeah. have also got these rubber socks you can put on to make them more yes. sticky Indeed, indeed, and they're just Actually, like a couple. Of quid. Uh, I'd be interested. I'd be interested in a link to the sticky ear earbud socks because maybe <laughs> they might make the one stick in my ears. I don't know. It's Worth just, a go. It's just on Amazon. I just search for. I don't I can't remember what I even search for. Actually, it just pops up, and I thought, oh, okay, I'll try them. All right, I'll have a look. I'll have a look because as you, you probably don't know, Carl, but I am using my special. Carl will tell. Uh, Mark will tell you. I have purchased here some special, exceedingly high tech, podcasting earbuds from Poundland, and they cost me a whole pound, and one side doesn't work, which is ideal, because then I can have that one not in my ear, and it doesn't feed into the microphone, so there you go, brilliant, <laughs> there we go. I've also, I've almost been tempted to do, like, just go into Poundland and do sort of like a review of, like, all their tech that they have for a pound, and then I found out that, obviously, it's like that episode of uh, South Park, where they say, Simpsons have already done it, so that idea went by the by. Carl, you've already said you're getting some, Simon, if the option was available for you and you get them sticking in your ears, are you going to be tempted with them or is it just, no? Way too rich for my blood. Uh, I've um, got a set of uh, wireless earbuds on my list that are in the sort of 15 to 20 pound bracket and uh, I think that'll do for me. Oh, you're one of those sensible people. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh dear, what, what's but the world coming my, to? What I am I, is poor. I'm one of the poor people. That's the <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford to spend 150 quid on earbuds, even if they were the best earbuds in the world, to be honest. But there we go. See, that's why I go to Poundland. 
I think we're all poor. We just don't know it, most of us. That's the problem. <laughs> we'll just carry on spending regardless. Exactly. I'm going to die, we'll just... hopefully, before I have to I run out of money. Well, run out of credit, I should say. <laughs> well, as uh, uh, somebody once said to me, you know, my friend said, I'm not intending on leaving anything for my children when I die. And he said, oh, I am an enormous credit card bill. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, blimey. Tangents. Oh, it's like you just drip feed the credit card just enough to the, you get to a nice level, then Apple go and release a new shiny. Um, <laughs> just going a little bit off time, Carl, you've got one of those big fancy Apple stores. Have you had any hands-on time with the touch bar yet? No, last time I went, it was still behind a case, so I still couldn't play with it. Ah, oh, damn, because there seems to be a little bit more press coming out. Have you actually gone in, had a fondle with one? Have you been hands-on with like the new MacBook at all? What, me? Uh, me? Yeah. I no, I haven't. No. What about you, Carl? No, I just said they're still behind the case. You can't touch them. What, the, the MacBooks? MacBook Pro. Really? MacBook Pros you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, though, no, the last time, as I say, I am staying out of all shops now until the new year. But <laughs> last time I went, which was at the, the end of November, they were still behind a plastic case and you couldn't touch them. You could look at them. They look lovely. But um, you couldn't touch them. Oh, that's interesting because... In my uh, in my store in Cardiff, they were out on display. Ah, interesting. Oh, well, there we are then. Right, moving on. Uh, we've obviously all got Macs. Quick poll. Uh, who buys their apps directly from the manufacturer and who just goes directly to the Mac store? Carl, what's your default? Mac store first, and if it's not in there, uh, chances it's got to be a very nice bit of software not to be in the Mac store for me to buy it. And Simon, are you a direct person or do you go uh, to the Mac App Store? Uh, I'm a bit of both, to be honest. Um, there are certain apps. I always check out if it's available uh, independently first because you'll find with certain apps that there are features um, enabled in a direct download that Apple don't allow. So um, I always check if it's available directly from the um, developer and if there's any difference between the uh, the versions um, although you know I also do download quite a lot of stuff directly from the from the app store so I'm a sort of 50 50 guy to be honest see my way of looking at it is the just the ease if I get if I'm when I set up a new machine just the fact that I can go in enter my username and all that stuff is there under purchased and I can just bring it all back I don't have to go through looking for bloody serial numbers and codes and things like this and reinstalling everything I can just click it and off it goes on itself uh, I understand the argument of sometimes they don't let certain services in to the you know certain uh procedures uh, into apps in the app store but most of the time i've never really run into anything that that does that i mean most of the things i buy outside of the app store are are services rather than applications so like the service we're using today sendcaster for example it's an application of sorts but it's on the web it's a subscription service um and you know, most of the other things i use are basically subscription services they're not it's very hard for, apart from yeah, actually, now thinking about it, even Photoshop's a subscription service. But uh, there are always alternatives you can find normally for most things in the App Store. Uh, I know every now and again you'll get a big player suddenly say, oh, "I can't play by these rules anymore," and I'm coming out, and they get lots of publicity, um, and they pull out and they they do off, you know, they do various things. But then I've never really 
missed any of those ones that have come out, to my knowledge. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, most I would say most stuff. The App Store, if you're a developer, it might not be the best thing in the world. But if you're a customer and you're pretty, over, you're not looking for anything too, you know, cutting edge. It just works wonders. It's it's so easy and so it makes you so lazy as well at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, don't get me wrong. I have no, you know, I'm not against uh, using the Mac App Store. In fact, I, I, you know, I do use the Mac App Store quite a lot. I mean, it has one really brilliant advantage, and that is everything that you get through the Mac App Store, or, you know, updates itself automatically, so you don't have to worry about if you're up to date or you know do the sparkle update when you launch it and all the rest so i mean you know there is a, a huge amount to be said for the mac app store but there are certain things that either you just can't get there or you know have to be functionally um partly crippled i'm exactly with carl on this one i've gone really lazy because i was going through and i what was it i saw an email i saw uh, an application and i'm thinking i think i've already got that and I, you know, you you know when you get that sense of just that weird feeling, like, I know I've got that app, so I, I didn't go and buy it. And I spent about 15 minutes, so I typed in the application name to search for it in my email. I then tried variations of the app. Uh, and then I found the key, which had come from a weird website name. And unless I knew specifically what sort of time I bought it, and there was no way I was ever going to remember that I had this bit of software, let alone have the license key. Uh, so I'm with Carl. I mean, I do it just because it's easy. I mean, yeah, I mean, I do actually have a text file, uh, which has got all my software licenses in. But that's had less updates recently just because, again, Carl it, nailed it. You can just go on, you click purchase, and it's done. Now, granted... It's probably a little bit of a sting in the tail for developers to say, right, you've got to fork over 30%. But then if you are running a successful app, I would imagine that if you do get popular and it do go, does go a, you know, go a bit mental, unless you've got a really good hosting package, you're going to soak all that cost anyway. There's also the other fact that uh, if you're an uh, iTunes affiliate, you, you actually do get a kickback from Apple. If uh, I link to an app, you go and buy it, I get a kickback. And it's, to be honest, that 30% isn't much worse than Amazon. You try selling something on Amazon, it's a blinking nightmare. You might as well just have a tub of KY jelly ready to say, right, let me lube up before you give me the bill. It's horrendous. Now, you know, I I, I would think the Mac App Store is, is a brilliant thing. It really is. Um, and I I just, I don't have anything against it, not in, in the least. And I use it a lot. I just will have a tendency to check if there's a reason why I should, if available, download it direct. Um, and, if you know, if there's no difference between buying direct and buying from the Mac App Store, I'll probably go to the Mac App Store because then, as you say, you know, you don't have to remember any code numbers. You, you know, you don't have to worry about updates or anything. So, yeah, <clears throat> I just always like to remember things can be available not from the Mac apps. <laughs> also, you've got to be, although the Mac app store is a wonderful thing, you've got to remember as well, there are some dodgy people in there and they have like got their application accepted and the app's out there and then they change the details and I don't know how they get it back through into the app store legally because I thought every time you do an update it's meant to be re-examined again but you've got lots of fraud 
well, not fraud, but scams sort of in the Mac App Store where people use similar logos or similar names to things like Word or Excel or things like this. And they're really just templates. So it is a case of sometimes buyer beware. And I don't know, mind you, it's the same with everything. I don't know how you how you teach someone new to the Mac ecosphere or Apple ecosphere how to watch out for these things. Just the same you know you just have to be aware it's just one of those things it, it, it was even more blatant on the beat on the pc for example i remember when you was trying to find when i was trying to find legitimate software and you just have to go to a page and try and download it and you know it sometimes it's hard <laughs> some of them look so damn good sometimes but um i don't know how you do that because that's just always going to be a facet of human nature if there's a marketplace out there no matter if it's digital or down your high road there's always going to be retailers looking to rip people off at least they've started doing a bit of a cleanup in the store and i think that's been long overdue is it it's it's apps that don't function uh, as they should because they haven't been updated which means my favorite radio player radium uh, might not be soon for this world is I don't know if you've covered this on your show, Carl. Do you think it was has it been long overdue for Apple to go in and you know act, you know, start taking the axe, or should they just leave things be? And yeah, we, is it better to have more or less with better quality in terms of apps in the App Store? Because somebody somewhere might get offended that an app that was once available for download is no longer on the App Store. No, if, well, if it's doing something illegal or it's or it's you know trampling on someone's ip then they've got to take it they've got to do something about it but we had this period not so long ago where developers were were moaning about it took too long to get into the apple store and then they were moaning you know um because other people were getting through this the same stringent rules because they were relaxed to try and get everyone in within 24 hours so I don't know. Like I say, it's an impossible situation to win. The amount of people, the amount of applications and reapplications for the App Store must be astounding. You, I mean, I don't even, I can't even begin to understand how they go through it. It's, surely it's not someone downloading every program, playing with it for three hours, making sure it all does what it says, and then saying, "Yeah, that's okay." It's obviously not that. It's obviously code. There's obviously, obviously like some scan. There's obviously some keywords. Whatever the process is looking out for. And things will get through. I mean, I don't know if you don't if you develop an app and you don't want Apple to take their thirty percent and you want to pass that thirty percent on to the savings to the customer, then great. But at the same time, remember you still got to finance where that app is going, all its storage space and all of this. You got you got to deal with people coming back finance, you know, credit card fraud and and God knows what else. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of issues. I mean, I wouldn't. Well, I'm glad I'm not a developer. Sometimes that's all I can say. Because um, Need for Choice is, is very, very appetizing to, to, to take. Um, I don't know. Like I say, I just, as a consumer, I just like the ease of one shop, one location, one download, and I'm done. And of course, with family sharing, this is what, what one of the benefits of family sharing. For example, my stepdad, he bought um, Final Cut Pro, which is like a £200 application. Because we're on final, uh, family sharing, I get that for free. So I've got a £200 application for free and everything he buys, I get access to and everything I buy, he gets access to. Um, and same with, you know, iTunes movies and stuff like that, TV shows and applications. It's, it's, it's good for that. Um, well, there's definitely, you know, a huge amount to be said for that. <coughs> Sorry. Um, 
I, I, the thing about, you know, having a clean-up, I, I think that's true. That's long overdue. It's time that some of these blatantly copied... <laughs> uh, you want to swear, don't you? No, I was going to say blatantly copied. I'm trying to... I thought you were going to Scammy, scammy, scummy. Come know. to the Christmas special. This show will have an e-tag on it. <laughs> and there's also a lot of cruft in there. You know, there's stuff that's long dead. It no longer works because it hasn't been updated since iOS 7 or whatever. You know, that stuff just needs to be swept away because it's it doesn't work. It should be shouldn't even be there, should it? And, and that's a lot of what Apple are talking about, taking out zombie apps that are, are just there, been there for years. They're long out of date. They haven't been updated. They, and, you know, that happened. That's a huge frustration of mine. I, I remember uh, Poster, which was an absolutely fantastic WordPress blogging app for iOS. Uh, it got purchased by Automatic and then literally just got abandoned worked for absolutely ages uh, and it was my go-to tool but then it just stopped working not because of the app but obviously because wordpress changed things here there and everywhere and it's so frustrating when you see an app that seems to meet your needs and then you just find that one little thing doesn't work and it just renders the whole app uh pretty much useless have any of you two had a look at this um setup which is um it's an unstore alternative to the Apple Mac, sorry, the Mac App Store. In a bid to become the Netflix of software, Setup is a new subscription service that makes a growing suite of more than 45 macOS applications available to users for a flat monthly fee. Already, a wide range of Mac App software applications are included, which also include, there's a Great bit of grammar there from me. Uh, Ulysses, Code Runner, Blogo, Marked 2, Rapid Weaver 7, uh, Elite Man Player, and Base, with more apps coming online. Is anyone subscribed to this? It's only $9.19 a month. Has anyone dipped in and dived out at all? Um, well, I've, I got sent an invitation, so I've opened the trial account, uh, more for review purposes than anything else, and... I I read the press release. I looked at the stuff, and to be honest, for me, um, there's there's not a big enough range of apps, nor is there anything in there really that I consider to be worth nine ninety nine a month. Uh, you know, there's a big selection of stuff, but a lot of it is these kind of little utility type things, um, and they're the sort of things that I would normally just get from the Mac App Store for a few quid you know um yes ulysses is quite big um i understand that's a very good piece of software if you're a writer rapid weaver is considered pretty good if you're uh um you know into making websites although i think it's fairly heavily template driven but you know i i didn't see anything in there that would make me go yeah i'm going to put my money on the table to be honest i think it would either have to be a much bigger selection or uh, more um, full, fully functioning apps. Not in that. Not in that the apps aren't fully functioning, but you know, a lot of them are small, one-trick pony kind of application. Um, so, so you kind of your sort of more along the lines of if there was one big killer app and you had access to all these other little apps, that would probably pull you in more than just having lots of little apps available that you may or may not use. Yeah, I, I think so. And also at the minute. Based on what they've got available, I think I think ten pound a month is, is too much. 
you know, for £10 a month or, or thereabouts, I think you can get Photoshop and Lightroom on the Adobe Photographer bundle. Um, so, you know what I mean? You're, you're, that's the sort of... That's always a hard thing, though, isn't it? Because obviously someone like uh, Adobe and Microsoft are obviously a lot, lot bigger, Have can obviously afford, because of their market base, to user base, I should say, to have those apps at yeah. a lower price. Exactly. Uh, so when when you get other apps coming along, like Blogo, um, which I still use, uh, not that much these days, admittedly, that want to charge nine ninety nine. It's so hard not to make that comparison to against uh, Behemoth. Again, there's a difference. This shift to software as a server is, I can see why. Obviously, what I can see, obviously, why the uh, you know the the sellers want want to do it. Um, from a company point of view, I can see why you know, so, like my company. Okay, my bosses and my accounts people are much happier to pay for Adobe Creative Cloud on a monthly subscription than have to shell out, you know, three, four grand when a new version comes. So that appeals to them. But um, Creative Cloud or, you know, Microsoft Office is a huge used all the time kind of service. So I think people are prepared to pay for that. But a lot of more limited scope application you know presenting people with the option of yeah you can you can rent this at 10 pound a month and i mean unless you're using it pretty much all the time that strikes me as an awful lot of money to be shelling out what about you carl do you have any subscription uh should we say productivity tools or is it just do you just go down the route of subscribe to things like amazon and netflix etc um well i got photoshop i got microsoft office uh netflix as well amazon prime I start. I, I mean, I got sent. I got some sent some um, stuff, some promotional stuff for this service as well. And I just, uh, it's probably not very professional of me, but I just ignored it because I just could not see the worth <laughs> of it whatsoever. Um, like you say, the applications are in there are fine. I bought many of these applications in the past. The stuff that. I don't know, like Ulysses and stuff like that. It got that in there, but then there's another text editor as well in there. It's, there's, it just makes no sense. There's a, there's a lot of overlap in the, in the services as well that they're offering there, and they're sort of applications where you sort of it seems to be you dip into every now and again. They're not the sort of ones you use daily, every day, you know, because it's got applications like. It's got some wonderful applications in there, don't get me wrong, and I find them very useful when I, I, I tend to use them, things like screens and Gemini and stuff like this. But, uh, but I wouldn't be using these things daily, whereas, you know, you use, you use Microsoft probably daily, you use Photoshop daily. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, like, I'm, I'm with Simon. I think nine ninety nine is a bit expensive, and, and, and I know nine ninety nine isn't a lot in the scheme of things, but for this, it just seems expensive because i always i've always been a great fan of the mac bundles where you get like 10 12 apps and they bundle them all together from various developers and it comes to about i don't know 12 12 quid or something like that i normally buy them well i certainly did at the beginning now it's a lot harder because i tend to own about 60 70 percent of what's what's on offer but um i don't know i i think for most people this is going to be a hard sell um 
if they find a market, then you know more power to them. But a lot of the, a lot of services, a lot of the apps they're using here have been around for a very long time, and I cannot imagine many Mac users do not already own them. Oh, the other thing is, of course, it's subscription. So once you, if you decide to stop paying, you lose access to these apps. Whereas if you bought, you know, I think Ulysses is. is off the top of my head, the most expensive one there. I think that goes for about 30, 30 quid. Why am I doing dollars all the time? Oh, dear. 30 quid. Three months of this, you, you would have bought it. You must have just buy it. It is that weird thing, isn't it, where three months of subscription, you would kind of think, well, I'd rather buy the app, but then the app developers go, well, we've got no reoccurring uh, model for... Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but why... That, that, but this is the problem, isn't it? It's, it's not my... When, that's the service that that's the thing they got into that's not suddenly a surprise if you became an app developer it's because you wanted to create an app and make some money off it it's not then my job to continuously pay you forever in perpetuity because you, you you're making little updates and everything when you make a significant update yes if it's good enough i will pay for that again that service again if you're just tinkering like changing fonts or changing background colors and stuff i'm not going to give you more money again it's that's that's not your right you've done the job i paid my money you've given me the service i now go off and enjoy that because i have bought that service if things like netflix and and are continuously changing they're continuously adding more content every month they're also taking some away granted but they're also adding more so it makes the subscription model worthwhile so things like photoshop for example that is such an expensive piece of equipment uh, uh software that they are continuously updating it and adding fantastic um services and applications within inside photoshop now most people find that's too expensive and there are alternatives there are things like acorn and um and there's yeah and they're significantly cheaper and every now and again they'll do upgrades which are significantly huge improvements over that software and they might push out another alternative version which you can upgrade to or purchase over again but some of these smaller companies rarely ever change and i'm not going to continue paying money on a monthly basis for something that might change time you know an insignificant amount well i can just buy the application outright yeah i'm, I'm completely i'm completely with yep. carl on that i think it, it's there's a certain amount of perception isn't there if you're <coughs> sorry, if you're buying into a subscription, I think it's got to be something which a is probably going to cost you as you know a big chunk of change to buy out, and it's something that you probably need to use every day. Therefore, subscribing to it feels worthwhile. People like Adobe and Microsoft have one of the big fears when Adobe said they were going to go subscription based was that they would then sit on their laurels and go, right, all these people are paying for this. We don't need to, you know, keep moving forward. And that was a valid fear for a lot of people. But I have to say Adobe have stepped up to the plate and they do now roll out continuously small updates. I get updates to the Creative Cloud probably once a week. It's too often sometimes. Yeah, it feels. sometimes. What, again? Um, but exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm with Carl. These, some of these smaller apps, you know, they're utility things. They're, they're things you use once in a while. And they're the sort of thing I would expect to pay a few quid for and download and keep. And there's no need to change them um, until a new version comes along. I mean, 
you know, I've got a batch full of utilities that are, were either free or cost me very little, um, which are absolutely fabulous. And you could bundle all those up into a thing and tell me you wanted £5 a month and I'd go, you're having a laugh. Just, you know, for example, uh, coconut battery, which we were talking about yesterday, or or batch mod, or, you know, any number of tiny little utilities that do one specific task and they're worth you know three or four quid to buy but it didn't matter how you, you could put 300 in a bundle and say you can have access to all these if you pay me you know five pound a month and you'd pro probably still say no um just because like carl you, you start taking that money and buying one app here and one app there you could have the whole collection or you can wait for to for mac bundlers to bring out one of their you know, a hundred apps for twenty quid and buy the lot. See, a lot also a, a, a lot of these apps. I'm just looking through this little list. I don't want to name any because it's a bit unfair. But some from your sort of, you'll have a need for that specific app, and you'll quickly buy it. You'll use it once and then forget about it for a year, and that's it. And that's fine because you bought it. It stays there. I tell you what, I, I, maybe applications was the wrong choice for this format. Imagine if it was games. Oh yes, see now that would be, that would be something that would make more sense to me. Now, obviously, you wouldn't get tip AAA grade uh, AAA games on release, but say like Netflix, where they come out, I don't know, a year or so later, and you can have access to those games, like a, a vast array of games from many different developers, uh, and it's costing you a tenner a month. I would sign up for that. Now Definitely. that I, I, I because, agree, you see, because the appeal there is is more ongoing isn't it if you have a bunch of games i don't know however many games 50 or 100 games available to you for, for your subscription because you can dip in and out and games are something that you you have a go if you like them you might play them every other day every day when you get bored of it you can move on to another there's a lot more time if you like you can ring out of game than out of small utility apps as carl says you know, batch mod is something that I might use once in a year. So I'm certainly not going to subscribe to it. But games, yeah, and they could be they could be quite old games, to be fair. You know what I mean? As long as they they could be big titles from five years back. As I said to you uh, the other day, Mark, you know, I downloaded Doom 2 from that retro gaming site. And now I'm playing Doom 2 again. And still enjoy it. How many hours have I lost on still that? Enjoying it. Okay, the graphics are, you know, 1980s graphics, but gameplay yeah, is but, gameplay. But that's, a, that's the whole trend these days, isn't it? To have retro-looking graphics. So what about then... I think Carl just segued us nicely onto the next story there about Nintendo and Mario Run. So it's going to be $9.99 or $7.99, which is... I think it's perfectly fair, perfectly good for um, a AAA gaming title for iOS, but it's going to require an always-on internet connection. Now, I'm not too particularly bothered about that. Carl? Um, I'm not too bothered. Now, this, uh, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> Are you there? Sorry. Did that bleed through then? <laughs> I heard you laughing, and it was like, Carl, are you okay? Oh, sorry, yes. I, cl I clicked on the window, and it played one of those auto ads. That was all. Oh, yeah. That, that, they're always a brilliant idea, when you, especially when you sat in work, and you forget to turn your speakers off, and you browse to a page, and it just blares it full volume. Yeah. Now, I, I, I don't know. Why, why are they saying it's um, 
okay, for firstly, they're saying it's to protect it against piracy. This is why they're going to put the always-on connection in it. So are we saying then every time you play the game, it has to go out and download the level? I think it's more like a Ubisoft-style thing where... Or was it Ubisoft or no, a Maxis thing? Where In that case, I give it less than 24 hours for it to be broken and put on Cydia, whatever that pirating thing yep, is. Yep, yep. And no one will care. All the people who will be pirating it will have the pirated version of it. You cannot stop them. So it will only be people who are affected by this, for example, want to play the game on the tube in the middle of the tunnels. It won't work. <laughs> Which is crazy. I don't. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can what happens if you're on the train? Exactly. I can understand them wanting to protect their their creative, you know, content and, and stuff like this. I understand that. But uh, I think they'll, they're going to face a backlash about this unless they make it very obvious that that is the case when you buy the game most people are not going to understand what always you know connected means and as soon as they get on the t- a train or whatever or somewhere where there's no signal they're gonna get upset with it and of course that'll be bad reviews and you know there'll be a, a, a storm and there'll be blog posts written about it and stuff like this and most people won't know why it's there it's just another case of anti-piracy measure you know measurements affecting the average people who have no idea how to pirate stuff anyway. I always wonder just how big a problem piracy is on our iOS. Now, obviously, it is a problem. That goes without saying. Um, these days, it gets harder and harder to unlock or you know jailbreak an iPhone. I know I had to do one the other day, and it was, it was a complete nightmare. Uh, say goodbye to two days of your life just trying to uh, jailbreak something. Again, different story. If it helps, I don't mind, but there's just so many little nuances. I mean, what happens uh, if you go out and you buy a, an iPod uh, and that's not always online? Like you said, what happens if you're on the train? There's so many what-ifs that I think just releasing a blanket statement to say, oh, it needs an internet connection. Uh, it doesn't say how long for. Uh, what happens um, if I'm in a dead spot, like a hotel room? Does that... You know, does that mean I can't play it or does it let you play it for a certain amount of time for it cuts off and it's a typically Apple thing isn't it we want all this information but we never seem to get it so with this being online does this change your perception of how much the game is worth would you still be happy to pay seven ninety nine for it if you were going to buy it no, I mean obviously a lot of the uh, well from my recollection a lot of the stuff they showed was the competitive edge against your friends and stuff like that which obviously has to be online to get that information anyway because if they're playing the game somewhere else in the world and you're elsewhere in the world and you're trying to play against each other to try and catch all the little coins and, and stomp on the little monsters and stuff, you need to have some sort of connection going backwards and forwards. But it's just, I don't think... See, the problem is, I think the headline's wrong. Again, someone's written a headline that is a, a, bait, a baiting headline. Uh, it's not if you actually read the story it's not actually that they're saying the reason they basically launched an iPhone for iPhone first is because there are security elements built into the 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 um, platform anyway which will has allowed them has has made them decide to go with the iPhone first and then maybe other platforms later um because it is so secure but of course the headline says piracy concerns it it doesn't matter. Like I say, if you if you're a pirate, you're going to break this code within minutes, and you're not going to care about the online aspects of the game. You're just going to care about the platform game. Yeah, and uh, you know the fact that it's a social game 
It has to be online, unfortunately. What about the price? Seven nine. There's been a little bit of talk on the old interwebs about seven ninety nine is too much, nine ninety nine is too much. What's your personal take on that? Well, I know this is a crazy thing, but if you can afford it and you want to buy it, buy it. If you can't afford it or don't want to buy it, then don't <laughs> buy it. I don't see what yeah. the problem is. <laughs> I want, I want to buy a Tesla car. I can't afford a Tesla car, hence I don't get to buy the Tesla car. That's life, I'm afraid. Life is not fair, and we've got to stop thinking it is fair because we are teaching our kids to be whiny little wimps, and we are... Oh, it's just getting <laughs> on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, it's, before we head too far down that, my worry would be, unless you start having apps which charge a premium price, let's say, for example, Mario Run came down to three ninety nine, which is pretty much in the realms of you know impulse buying. But it doesn't matter, does it? It's, it's, not, because, yeah. it's not food. It's not food. It's not drink. It's not something we need to live to have to sustain life. It's a game. They can charge whatever they want for it, and I couldn't give a I couldn't give a flying monkeys. If if you say Sainsbury's started charging nine pound for a, a loaf, then I'd have a problem with that. It's a game, for God's sake. It's not a life and death situation. If Nintendo want to sell it for nine or tenner, let's say, and they don't sell enough of them, they'll drop their price because that's a proper market. It's not. No one is going to die because they cannot afford Super Mario Run, the game. Yeah, I tell you. The other thing is, which because the price of um, particularly games on iOS seems to have, you know, gone down to 99p or nothing or, you know, please have this game and then I can charge you lots of money to keep playing. People seem to forget that not long ago, people were going into a shop and saying, I want, I don't know, Nintendogs or, you know, uh, Animal Crossing or whatever. (laughs) any of them right any of the games available for your for your nintendo ds on them little cards on, on your sd yep. cards and they were 30 quid a pop you know mm-hmm. if you've got a ps4 and you go down the shop and say what's the latest shooter available you, you're expecting to lay out 40 50 notes so really you know What's wrong with nine ninety nine? I'm with Carl. If you if you want it, buy it. If you, you think it's too much money, don't and, buy it. You know. And there will be parents. There will be parents out there saying, "Yeah, but you know what? When my little Timmy comes to me and says, can I have this game?' I have to say no. <laughs> yes, you do. You have to say no. And because at some point in their life, they're going to hear the words, no, "You cannot no. have what you want." <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, totally. You know, I'd like a classic Ferrari, but I'm never going to get one. Well, not unless I win the lotto, you know. It's not happening, is it? I just have to live with that fact. Right now, I'd set up for a heater that works in the spare room that I'm podcasting in. That my, my main worry would be is that if they did do something daft and drop the price on it, then it, it, it's all about perception because suddenly you have a big, big AAA title which costs that amount of money dropping in price. That has a waterfall effect because other apps now are going to seem to be less valuable when they're going, well, hang on a sec, you've got this, there's a game from an indie developer and it's one ninety nine, but for another pound... Oh, hang on, it's not a AAA title. It's an iOS game. A AAA title, I would say something like Call of Duty is or Battleground 2. They're AAA titles. And I, I don't care. How they spin it, an iOS game is never going to be a AAA title. 
would you not say triple A for the platform, or would you just uh, or do you just yeah. hold triple A games just in regard to console? Anyone can say triple A platform game because uh, I mean a platform as in the model, not in the, the game itself. I like a platformer game. Of course you can. You can say that, but people, you didn't. You said a AAA game. That was that was it, and and I don't think it is. It's just a side scrolling jumpy game. I mean, you control it with one thumb to jump, and that's it, as far as I can. Yeah, tell. okay. I take down board. I think maybe more is aiming for it's a AAA character or AAA franchise. Yeah, but it's probably been But it's there. They can do whatever they want. This is what I'm saying. I don't care. They can do whatever they want with it. And it's up to me. I get the choice if I want to spend a tenner on it of my hard-earned money. If I don't, then I just don't. And I probably won't be buying it straight away. Um, I'll be playing the free levels. Um, but that's about it. I, I don't... Because... I'd like I'd like Nintendo to come over to iOS and, and other platforms. I really would, but they've been a they've been petulant. They've been petulant, not necessarily this time, but definitely in the past. And uh, you know, we've got to teach companies as well. They can't always have what they want. Not only the children, we have to teach the companies they can't always have what they want. And a little a little colourful cartoon Italian plumber, maybe is not the most important thing in the world. Let's move on then. I think we covered that one. Uh, the next one is probably a bit close to Simon and mine's heart at the moment. I don't know if you've had any iOS repairs, but Apple support site now lets customers schedule repairs uh, or Apple authorized providers. And I'm already rolling my eyes at this one. Apple has recently made a quiet change to its Apple support site, introducing a new feature that allows customers to find and schedule repairs for iPhone, Macs and iPads from Apple authorized service providers. When troubleshooting a product, choosing bring in for repair after going through Apple support prompts, name brings up all the repair centers near a customer, including Apple's own retail stores in retail locations where customers can get repairs from Apple authorized service providers. That sounds great, but I know that where I live, when I've been in there with a problem, they literally just tell me, well, you can bring it into us and we'll send it down the road for you uh, and then you can come and get it back from us. So basically they just saved me an hour and a half in the car. Anyone had to use this? Anyone, would anyone use this instead of going to an Apple store? Yeah, I probably would, to be honest. I mean, the the nearest Apple stores, actual Apple stores, uh, there's one in Norwich, which is about 35 miles away, but it's a god-awful road to get there. Um, there are two not Apple, but authorised uh, stores, uh, one in Ipswich and one in Bury, which are both about... 12 miles away um one's called stormfront one's called iStore and yeah for most repairs i'll be honest they simply take it in there and then they ship it off to apple to be fixed but you know it's it's a it's a viable option for me it is something i would make use of but then again most times i've had to make a repair get something repaired uh you know apple will offer to send me a box and take it away uh fix it and send it back to me and as I said last night, you know, my iPhone, I got an email saying they'd received it and uh, they'd let me know. Then I got an email saying it'll be back with you within two days. And then the next email was it's been delivered. Uh, <laughs> like literally. And that was about half an hour later. So, you know, it, it took it took about four days in the post for my iPhone to get to Apple. Uh, well, according to the time I got an email saying we've received it. And the next day, the thing was back on my doorstep. So, <laughs> you know, you can't really complain, can you? 
Carl, have you had um, when was the last time you had experience of having a faulty device? It was your watch, wasn't it? My watch. Yeah. So um so what did it do? Oh, it, the, 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 there was no sound coming out of it anymore. Um, I couldn't produce... It couldn't hear me. That was it. It couldn't hear me. So whenever I tried to do Siri on it, it was just... I got a, a flat line down the bottom. And I took it in, and he hooked it up through some really clever way. I thought, my God, that's a, that's a long, drawn-out way to hook up a, a watch. But I guess they got to do it to run diagnostics. Anyway, so he, he tried it. He, he took it out the back. He said, I'm just going to clean it out inside the case. So obviously, I got something to open the case up in the back. And then he bought it back again, tried to test again, still failed. He goes, right, okay, we're going to have to box this, box this up and send it off. And I went, oh, God, now I'm going to have to lift out my watch for God knows how long. And he said, it's, you know, maximum two weeks. And I went, oh, okay. So I walked out the store, um, went back home. Obviously, they send you email saying, thank you for coming in, blah, 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 blah. And, and then a few days later, I got, your, your watch is ready for collection. Like, within, within a, just a few days. And I just went back and picked it up. Uh, and they said... I said, "Oh, we couldn't fix it. Here's a new one." Yes, I have. I have <laughs> so to say, this- but the, my my experience with my iPhones, uh, and over the last several years, I think I've had about three that have had to go back for one reason or another. Um, and pretty much every time, what they've done is taken it in and then said, "Yeah, we're just going to send you a replacement." Um, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, one of them, one of them was was uh, had a faulty uh, ear speaker. Uh, one I one was my fault. I dropped it and smashed the screen. So I, actually, that was you know like an elective repair uh, where I agreed I'd pay them eighty five pounds to replace the screen. Um, and the last one, obviously, was my iPhone that went internet blind and turned into a dumb phone. But um, they. I get the impression that what actually happens is the stuff turns up at Apple, they take it out of the box, they look at it, they check that, you know, what appears to be wrong with it is what you said is wrong with it. And then they throw it on the fix later pile and they take, what a, you know, a, a, a fixed one off the shelf and put it in the bag and send it back to you and just say, you know, rather than take the time and they're thus inconveniencing you, the customer, to actually repair the device you sent in. They put that on the stack of this needs to be fixed or possibly this is completely broken, break it up for recycling. And they take one off the shelf, put it in the bag and send it back to you so that you get a new, you know, you get your de- a device back fully functioning as quick as possible. Um, that seems to be they work. And... I remember the good old days of working in Dixon's where we used to have Mastercare. And it, all right, we are going back a good few years here, but you, you bought something in. Yeah, you were getting it back in about two weeks, maybe. But that's one of the differences that Apple did. I mean, that's one of the changes they made. That's why it was classed for so long to be like a premium experience, going in there, getting service, like decent service. I mean, a lot, I, I do see people who get told, oh, yeah, we're going to have to take this away, and they do look disappointed. But then they normally get a replacement if it's a large item. Um, well, I've seen some people get replacements. But, of course, as soon as you get it back, you just sync it up with a, a, with the cloud again, and all your stuff's back on there. I mean, that's fortunately one of the things that Apple can do because they've created this system where it is always backing up your data. It's very oh, easy yeah, to get it back on there. That is absolutely wonderful. It really is. You get a new device. I did have some trouble, but that's because I live on the bleeding edge. And um, 
the replacement phone they shipped me came with uh, 10.1.0 and all my backups are 10.2 public beta 6 or something. So I had to do a bit of shenanigans of do set up as a new phone, update, then then sign it up so that I could get the beta on and then, um, then you know, then re then re-wipe it and do a down you know then it would do download my stuff but you know that's the price you pay for living on the bleeding edge see i i have to pay the price of living in london because there's only five no. apple stores well, in london I believe, so. oh dear well i don't know how do i get by i seriously i don't know how yeah. i do it with whenever i get a problem well, i never know one where, to what to, one to go to crippling <laughs> indecision i think actually brent cross like, Brent Cross, they did swap out my phone once because it had some weird error on the screen. He said, and none of them had ever seen this before, and they captured it to send it back. But they gave me a new one. I walked out the store, and that was a walk-in appointment as well because I was looking at their, you know, booking appointment, and everything was, like, filling up instantly because you can book about a week out. And I went, oh, sod this. I'll just drive down there and, and walk in. And I, I got there as soon as it opened. And he went, oh, if you just come back in half an hour, we'll get someone to see you. Went out, had a coffee, come back in. They took it, looked at it, and go, what the hell is that? <laughs> the hell is it with that? <laughs> and that was it. He goes, have you ever seen this error before? And he he, ta- he done t- tapping some keys. He goes, no. And they stuck it in a box, and it went back off somewhere. And I walked out of my new phone, which was – then I sat in a coffee shop and let it's it all fabulous. sync up. You know, don't – that is really is part of the – premium experience um and you know when i was on the the phone to apple support trying to you know sort out the fact that my phone had gone internet blind and the guy kept apologizing to me i'm really sorry that you're not getting the experience you you know you (laughs) expect and i'm like look dude you make 200 million phones in a year you know some of them are not going to work properly that's just life you know occasionally one's going to break i'm not going to start shouting and hollering you know you sold me this phone and it's broken i mean it just that's just life. Some do. So, and I'm sure there are some people out there who have like bad customer service for whatever reason. And, and I've seen some people get quiet. Me, I've had that. Where's <laughs> you? You should expect this anyway. Because look at you. You're a ginger. I, I, You're a ginger. I know. It, it, <coughs> it was just so funny. No, I, I do actually think they have an aversion to gingers. I, I just won't forget that time I walked in uh, and I wanted to uh, know about the Apple uh, payment plan so you get a new phone every year. And I, she just literally walked over to uh, a MacBook Air and Googled it and went, there you go. Why is it that? And, uh, Why is it I feel perfectly okay saying you're ginger and that's not descript- – well, it is kind of derogatory, but it's an accepted derogatory statement. Why is that? That's not fair, is it? It's factual. Yeah, but – Still, it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't, it shouldn't really be tolerated. Company. I think we should. <laughs> I have to admit, if you, yeah, because what are you going to say to a guy who's almost seven foot and burns off a thousand calories a day? <laughs> That's so annoying. By the way, here, here am I slogging my guts out day by day just to try and hit four hundred fifty cal- calories, and on the Apple Watch, Carl Madden has met his goal. Ah, oh, great. Not yet. I'm very low today. I've only done three hundred seventy steps this morning. I've been out of the Apple Watch game for the last couple of days because I've had to go back to my iPhone 5S because I got an offer for my 6 that I couldn't refuse. Uh, And the reason I haven't got my watch working is because I don't want to update my 5S to iOS 10 because I I know it works, but I just like it being silky smooth. I don't want to drop any frame rate. So I've got to work out what I'm going to do. Well, you know what, chaps? 
Have we got any other news? Has anyone else got any stories they want to discuss? Or I think that's about it, isn't it, for today? Let's go and have a quick look. He says hunting around. Anybody watch your boxing yesterday? I didn't know it was on. I oh, there we are. Then. I don't know what you're talking about, boxing. <laughs> it doesn't tend to get the uh, promotion it used to do. Uh, or the dance, for that matter. Well, I'll tell you what, chaps, we've gone for an hour. So I'll tell you what, as good a place as any, we'll start wrapping up. So thank you once again for tuning in and listening to the show or everyone out there. Uh, again, if you've, uh, I'm going to drop Nemo's hardware store in. If you're listening to the show after I've recorded it, which is probably doesn't make any sense. If you're listening to the show after I've recorded it. <laughs> you can have our job listening to it before we recorded it, boys. <laughs> there you go. Carl, Simon, thank you very much for giving up your Sunday morning to come and record a show. Hopefully our schedule is going to be a little bit back to normal this week. If they want to get hold of you, Simon, what is the best way they can find you on that their interweb? The best place to find me is on the Twitter at at Serenac, and that's uh, capital S E R E. N-A-K. Thank you very much. And Mr. Carl Martin, how can people get a hold of you? Where can they find you, etc., etc.? Uh, you can find me over on the uh, Mac and Forth show, which is uh, macandforth.com. No Twitter? Nothing else? I, I'm not promoting Twitter any, anymore. It's a cesspool. I hate it. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I don't quite know what you're trying to say. <laughs> no, Britt, Carl, thank you very much for coming back on. It's been a while since we've heard from you. Uh, we've had you on, so it's been great fun. Thank you as always. And for all of you there listening, cheerio. Bye bye. If you've been bugged like I have about the fact that there is only the USB-C port on the new MacBook Pros and MacBooks, then listen to this product name from SmartOMI, S-M-A-R-T-O-M-I, USB-C Hub, SmartOMI Portable Aluminum USB 3.0 Type-C Hub with three USB 3.0 ports for USB Type-C devices, any PC with Type-C Silver. It's very easy to describe. It has a USB-C tip at one end, and then it's a little aluminum hub with three blue USB 3 ports built into it. So you can go straight from USB-C to USB 3 times 3. Excellent value, $16 in the US. Mark will have the links and the prices in the UK outstanding product and Apple should include this or something just like it with every single new computer they sell that only has the USB-C. Don't get me started on that, but it's very annoying. And as a bonus, on the far end, there's another USB-C pass-through port that you can use for charging. Outstanding product and value. I think, as an editorial, it is a disgrace that with the new MacBook Pros that they don't include both a lightning tip adapter and a USB 3 adapter. So I'm done with the sermon. I got it off my chest. Just get one of these devices for $16 or the equivalent in your country. And when you need to charge four devices at once for any reason whatsoever, and this is at the moment only for USA people. I think there will be international version coming soon. This is the size of a small portable hard drive, and it has a generic plug in the back, and on the front, it's got four 
high-power USB ports. That's really easy. AC plug one end, four USB ports on the other. It looks like a portable battery, but it isn't. You plug it into the wall, and you have four USB charging ports wherever you go. The price of this in the U.S. is $50. The USA website is usa.just-mobile.com. So hopefully Mark will be able to get some U.K. links and prices for this. But for 50 bucks, you've got power, power galore, wherever you happen to be. Pure, clear, simple, powerful. Thanks for listening. Nemo's Hardware Store, back next week. Carl, Simon, thank you very much for coming on the show and giving up your Sunday morning for this. Uh, we are recording on a Sunday morning. Oh, let's try that one more time. Oh, God, <laughs> dear me. How much space you got? Uh, my job box warning's going off. This will be a new Christmas special outtakes.